Beyond Film Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode five of Beyond Film Podcast. It is a gorgeous sunny day today whilst I'm recording this. Um, Self-isolating, obviously, because of the coronavirus, um, which means that this episode was done a little differently. Uh, this was done over over um, a computer network rather than face-to-face, so it's a little odd. Uh, I spoke to, um, not odd, just a bit different. It's, uh, it's always better to talk to someone face-to-face, I find. But um, yeah, I spoke to Hannah Woolner, who is a uh, music composer for film, and she's just, um, she's just finished a, uh, a feature film horror uh, and she sent me some of the uh, some of the score scores that she did and they are absolutely amazing uh, so I had to chat with her so she talks about her process she talks about um, working with directors she talks about being a female composer as well which is very interesting um, so I'm not going to ruin it all uh, I'm going to let you uh, listen to this it's a little shorter than usual by about 10-15 minutes but it's cram-packed full of great information and she is very engaging indeed so uh, yeah enjoy Thanks, Hannah, for uh, joining me on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. This is the first time I've done a podcast like this using a program called Zencaster. Yeah, <laughs> so it's all very new. And uh, we're doing this remotely because um, because of the coronavirus. <laughs> well, it's like... It's nice to have it documented because I can, you know, like in years to come, I can like listen to this podcast and then go, oh yeah, I remember that. That's if we survive the event. (laughs) (laughs) So we're we're isolated in our homes, but that's not stopped us. Uh, We wanted to talk to each other and actually you kind of saved me a train journey. So thanks, coronavirus. (laughs) For those who don't know, Hannah, you are a classically trained violinist. Is that correct? Yes. And you are now producing for all sorts of things. Could you uh, just do a little intro and tell us what what you've been up to? Yeah, well, I started, I've been classically trained, started on piano since I was five years old um, and then moved over to violin, went to Conservatoire, which is a university for classical music and was trained in composing for that time as well. But I, I focused more on performing and through my performing and uh, I um, also have a radio show and people were requesting modern classical music, modern composers, not just Mozart and Beethoven. I promote a lot of modern classical music and people were asking me to release some of my own compositions so I did and then through that I was asked to um, start composing for films Uh, a few um, directors asked me and I got into it that way and I gradually learned more about films and film production I don't know huge amounts but enough to know how I fit into all that. (laughs) One of those films is, is an independent film called We Wait in the Woods Yes, that that was uh, that's released twenty twenty um, January twenty twenty. It's premiere, and that was a really really great film. I like composing dark and sinister stuff. People often mm. um, tend to box female composers in a little bit to films like Chocolat or, or quite sweet films or rom coms, and I prefer I don't know I prefer darker stuff. So it was really good to do a horror. And there's also quite a lot of drama in it as well. So I got to do everything from classical to electronic. It was real, really diverse. And it's a, um, it was a really great story, actually. It's one of those 
along the lines of Blair Witch, um, it wasn't so much a slasher, more people going out and bad things happening in a wood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You shared the tracks with me um, after we'd met uh, last year, and I was absolutely blown away. That is very much that you, you, it wasn't what I was expecting, and maybe I was expecting... I don't know. It was the darkness was very compelling and the tone and the atmosphere and this like very droney wall of sound that you created. But yeah, it 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 really kind of just grabbed me and, and sort of sucked me into this sort of dark world and made me want to watch the film. Yeah, it's a, I, I loved watching the film at the premiere, actually. It was um, it is a very good film. And I like that. Hans Zimmer revolutionised that kind of mixing synthetic sounds with live instruments. Mm. And it's quite it's quite good to work. You can create so many more um, tones with it. You can, if you're only working with orchestral, then it, it limits you. And if you only work with synthetic and electronic sounds, that can limit you as well. Whereas mixing the two together, you can create so many more subtleties. Who did you kind of call upon for inspiration when you were attacking this uh, this this actual this work? Uh, well, I should say I called on some. I didn't call on anyone for inspiration. I watched the the director. Um, each director's different. This director left it a hundred percent down to me. What I did, where I put the music, the cues, and everything. Um, just you know, run it by him first of all. And so I, I just I play pretty much just had my was left to my own devices and um, got to do whatever I want. So I didn't get inspired by anyone apart from the film, really. Um, with a few a little bit of feedback from a director, like, could you put an extra track here? Could you do this? Could you make that scarier? So, I, yeah, it, it was over the... I did that in the summer of 2019, and um, I pretty much just sat in a recording studio and had fun. <laughs> Amazing. And you did a lot of scores. Well, I mean, how many tracks did you do in total? Oh, God, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I can't remember now. Um, there is a lot, because it's, it's not a really long film. It's 45 minutes, but there's a lot of music. I find with this, um, with scarier films, there's more music often, because there's a lot of chasing, there's a lot of running, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be orchestrated. If it's a dramatic film with a lot of dialogue, there's often less score because you don't want to get in the way of that dialogue i can't rem- i think there's about 12 12 or 13 tracks it'd be good if there's 13 wouldn't it because that would be a scary number for a scary film <laughs> very fitting yeah or 666 that's, that's too <laughs> that much. would be really good <laughs> now you mentioned earlier that there was a kind of preconception or a stigma attached to female producers what did you mean by that exactly the entertainment has been largely dominated by men for hundreds of years, and that is due really to the fact that most women didn't work hundreds of years ago. Uh, even Mozart's sister, she was by all accounts the better composer and musician of the two, but when she got married, she, you know, he carried on doing it as a job, and she did it as a child and then got married and stopped. So uh, um, there is, if you look at professional orchestras, it's changing a bit, but it's predominantly um, men in those seats, especially in some of the German orchestras. And that seems to go into film as well. So uh, only 3% of Hollywood composers are females. Um, 
again, it is changing, but it seems to be when I, uh, my radio show, I tend to play a lot of film music and I tried to do a um, whole show on female film composers and it was hard to get enough music to fill an hour show. And the ones I was finding, it was a lot of things like Chocolat, um, but it's been wonderful having Hilda win the Oscar because, with Joker, because that, and she also did Chernobyl. And there are there's, there are loads of female composers who compose wonderful stuff, but with Hilda um, actually winning it for that film, it's probably helped out a lot just remove those preconceptions that women would favour sweet, cuddly films. Yeah, so just the film industry in general, um, it seems that whatever sex you are kind of almost determines what you do within, you know, what role you you inhabit. So like, you know, makeup artists are, you know, classically they're, 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 they're female or wardrobe and so on. I never thought about um, that. Yeah, they are, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, male, there's male makeup artists as well, but generally that's the case and it's just kind of the norm and people fit into those roles and it is quite interesting and you know there's more female directors now but that's taken a long time as well to really become more of a thing and I think I don't know I think it partly is complacency and people just going well you know I'm a guy or I'm a girl and that's that's the job that I do and people are thinking a lot differently now and and you're right with composers as well um I I was thinking only last night who my favourite composers are, and I'm af- I'm afraid to say they're all male. Yeah, I do the same thing because <laughs> there are so many of them. <laughs> exactly. I think it, sometimes it can be it can be unfair to say that anyone's being sexist. It's just it's just the kind of way it's just been, and things are changing. I've never ever experienced someone say I only want a male composer. I don't want females on my film or that sort of thing. It, it, I feel it is more of a just when you think of a composer, you think Hans Zimmer, you think that of uh, John Williams, you just think of normally men in their 60s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But it can also be a good thing for women because when you do apply for jobs as a female, it actually makes people look at you twice because... It's a bit unusual. Well, it shouldn't be unusual, but it's just no. different. Yeah, but you, the difference is you can actually celebrate your difference. I mean, it can work in my benefit to benefit me. Um, hmm. when there's a like, hundred composers going for a film job, and you know, a little bit different can help you stand out from the crowd. Yeah, and I think um, depending on whether you're a male or female composer or director, even if the subject matter fits your gender as well that's that's obviously um something to consider oh there's been big arguments on composers forums about this <laughs> really go on go and tell me um well it's um i saw i saw so, a um director was asking for a female composer on one of my composer forums i was thinking oh no you shouldn't open that floodgate <laughs> came back a day <laughs> later on international women's day and people was uh, quite a few men were really angry about the inequality of that and then women were debating about it and then other people came up with some subject matters suit women or men better, depending on it. And then people were up in arms about that, that music is genderless. Whereas I um, I feel sometimes, not always, it depends what the director wants, but there are some subject matters that perhaps men could identify with more than women, and there's some subject matters that women could identify with. Um, two 
two films I brought up that I said I probably wouldn't be the best to identify with, two very different films, would be, number one, The Hangover. I feel like the themes of that film are particularly... Um, women can laugh at the film, but I feel like the, the themes of The Hangover, probably men can identify with that kind of bro, stag-do kind of feelings. And then also Blue Story, I feel... As a white woman, probably I don't identify with those themes as well. But um, it's it's just I'm not 100% sure on that one. I'm on the fence, but I feel there's a possibility there. Oh, another one. Um, sorry, going on. <laughs> Do you know no. The Detectorist? Oh, yes. Yeah, I feel that I, I've watched that recently. And that is such a sensitive look at maleness um, that you don't often see. It's male themes in that. Um, loneliness and uh, friendships and hobbies um, that everyone does sort of face those things, but in a particularly how it affects men. And the the soundtrack to that is done by a singer-songwriter, a a man, and I I think it fits it very well. But having a female singer-songwriter with a female voice, it wouldn't quite hit those themes quite as well. To a to a degree, I think you know music and composing music, you know, it is genderless, and mm. they are right. But I think it helps if you have an emotional investment in the subject matter. So yeah. if you connect with that, then something's going to come out of you creatively, and you're going to really, if you connect with it, it's going to be, it's going some something's going to happen, right? You're going to put a lot of yourself into that. Yeah. If you don't, then then you might miss the mark. Yeah, I'm quite lucky in the sense that I do have a lot of empathy, so I can connect with quite a lot of themes. I like films a lot, but I actually do put myself in the place of characters often when watching films, so um, I'm quite lucky there. It's helpful. And I think 90% of storylines, anyone could connect with them. I mean, for instance, the horror that I've just done, no one can totally put themselves in those. Yeah, I feel... 90% 90% of storylines can anyone can get on board with. I've also recently done a film, um, a World War II true story, and I found found that very pressurised because it's a true story. It was an LGBTQ um, themes to it, and that was a lot of pressure. It's about a gay Dutch, um, he, he stood up to the Nazis, and he did a lot of, sort of underground work and he was eventually executed wow yeah and that was quite pressurized because I, I I've never done anything real before and it was um and his story's never been told and it's just premiering at the moment it's going to a lot of festivals that are LGBTQ and I don't know I always thought perhaps it, perhaps it'd be better that I wasn't the composure on this perhaps there's some more fitting but I was really pleased they did pick me and I tried my hardest on it <laughs> No, I'm sure you did. Did you feel a, a certain amount of um, there's a responsibility? Yes. Especially if it's subject matter like that. And I can imagine that there's quite a bit of pressure there as well. Yeah, I don't want to be lazy. Um, there's so many films about World War Two, and there's some really good scores and they actually use Schindler's List as their temp music. That's why they like, kind of wanted me actually because of um, violin and string instruments. But you don't want to be lazy. You don't want to just 
rip off or, or do a do a poor man's version of John Williams. I go, there you go. You really want to give it something yeah. original. I think any kind of anyone trying to do a John Williams <laughs> rip off is going to be a poor man John Williams. <laughs> yeah. I don't think <laughs> it's going to be quite hard to do. That added extra pressure. So this is a really true story. This means a lot. It's going to loads of festivals, and we want our temp music is John Williams. <laughs> So something that's that emotionally rich, because that sounds quite hard hitting as well. Like where where do you start? How do you how do you find the emotion? Is there a, what's the process? Do you go okay for this? I can hear certain instruments or arrangements, or, or do you do a bit of research into similar narratives? Um, well, in this case, it was a completely different director to We Wait in the Woods, and he was very firm in his ideas. Um, so he's already provided temp music. I know where he's going on that. I watched the film loads of times, but I knew the kind of instrumentation I wanted um, and the speed of the music and the tone of the music. And then it's it was un- a lot of the music was underneath dialogue as well. So you don't want anything to overpower the dialogue, but really lift it up. So I compose using Cubase and I sync the film up to it, which is really that's the way I like working the best because you can minutely see how this music fits in with the film and you can put in these beautiful themes and then when some very important dialogue comes up you can just bring it back a bit and so that's why I particularly like composing for film because it's not just about egotistically writing music you want you're really collaborating to enrich a, a group project, mm. so that well, you're you're helping to tell a story. Yeah, you're, it it's a big part of telling a story. And if you get that wrong, then yeah, that's why that's why I ask like the amount of pressure to get that right because you could make or break it. Yeah, it's it's kind of less pressure when the film's being shown when you work with a director with a clear vision on the music mm. because um, I made quite a few modifications for each track whether it's like the mix and the balance with the instruments or whatever so by the time it's signed off the work making it sound less artistic now you're kind of satisfied that is exactly what the director wanted and so it's taken the responsibility away from you whereas we wait in the woods when i go to the premiere it was pretty much all 90 uh, percent of it was 100 percent me it's so silly again 90 percent of it was 100 percent you <laughs> anchorman <laughs> 40% of the time it was, it was yeah. <laughs> no, 90% of the music was all my ideas and what I thought should go there so at the at the premiere if people don't like it that's my responsibility whereas if a director's really really firm I can kind of pass the responsibility on to them <laughs> I think audio is extremely important whether it be sound design or the score when I write a script, I usually have links at the side with musical references just to help tell a story because I think a script on its own lacks that kind of depth of what I'm trying to get across. And I think links to audio actually really helps. Yeah. Not just film either, but whether it's online content or an advert, you know, I'm already thinking about what music should be used or how you score it, what instruments are used. And I've already got, you know, 
references in my back pocket. But I also know that there are other directors who, you know, aren't as musical. Yeah. And it's just um, everyone's different. And some people don't really think musically. They kind of have an idea. But what I found is some people don't have the right language. Yes. How do you get around that? How do you... Is there a ways that you make it easier for people, whether it be a client or a director? Do you go, do you, are, there, are there methods and ways to talk to them to make that process easy for them to explain what they want? Yeah, some people also, I think, find some directors also have no confidence in their ability to know music. Um, where I would argue that everyone knows when to clap at the end of a piece. So they do understand the the chord structure and everyone knows the end of if I if I was to sing happy birthday to you you would know what part of it I was singing which bit's the ending because um music is something that everyone has grown up with and understands they just perhaps don't realize they do um I don't always like it I used to ask directors to use adjectives a lot to describe what they want but that doesn't always work we have different ideas of you know happy sad beautiful tragic so if I'm working from, on a film from pre-production, I like to create, if they have no idea and they don't have confidence in their knowledge of music, I create a playlist on Spotify of what they're telling me about the story, what the scripts, the artwork, whatever they've given me. And then that will be the first step to listen to the playlist and go, is this the kind of tone you were thinking of? Um, so that's a really good. Then it, once we've got that established, we know where we're going from there. I, I have started telling directors about your trick of putting music links in the script, and they love that. Don't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, to be fair, I, I, I nicked that from Edgar Wright. That's uh, what he does. Yeah, that's what he did, did with Baby yeah. Driver. That really is such a clever idea because it means that the composers aren't waiting until picture lock to start going, you know, getting a go on the film. We could get started early. So it's a great idea. That's probably just making sure we're on the same wavelength from the start. And the next thing would be a spotting session if needed or um, putting it into the script. And then before I even start composing, just making sure we know what sound we want, where we want it and what we're trying to achieve. And that's a really good place to start at. <laughs> a, a good friend of mine, John Duncan, he's a he's a great guy to work with. He's a composer as well. And he 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 produces like lots of electronic music. And he was working with somebody who will re remain nameless, who was trying to get across the the tone of a how a synth sound sounded, mm -hmm. how how she felt about the sound by saying it was rough like a cat's tongue. <laughs> that's the oddest thing that you've heard in terms of feedback when collaborating with someone do you know what all my directors so far have been absolutely lovely and they haven't said anything weird or, or um, <laughs> nothing at all um i tend to get more unusual comments performing the violin than um composing for film performing violin i got um reviewed um actually one well, of my my first ever recording it got to number one on the classical charts lark ascending someone reviewed it and said how pure my violin playing was and they said without a hint of vibrato which uh, vibrato is like the wobbling you do on the violin you know where we wobble our hands yeah but yeah. it had loads of vibrato throughout all of it and it wouldn't necessarily be a good thing to play without vibrato because normally that's like mm. a beginner so it's yeah um, and then also people always love to make a comment if you're on the train going, oh, 
playing the old cat gut or um, got a... <laughs> I've got a machine gun in there. So I tend, I'm kind of, or the other one is, you should go on Britain's Got Talent. So playing the violin probably gets more comments. And, oh, normally I get people asking me what a film composer is. <laughs> but what do you what do you say when somebody says, what is a film composer? What, oh, how do you explain it? The, the conversation goes on forever. <laughs> so I say, I write the music for films. And they're like, oh, you write songs. Sing me something then. I was like, no, well, I, <laughs> so then, it's not actually, it's not actually songs. Um, that's more of a top liner. I write the actual, the sounds you hear, the instruments. They're like, so then they say, Oh, kind of like sound effects. And so then I start singing them themes from films like Pirates of the Caribbean, Indiana Jones. And and they go, oh, I know those. And I say, that's a composer. Who are these people? Uh, They're people at my gym. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they need educating because that's that's pretty basic stuff. Anyway, let's not judge. (laughs) So what else? have you done other than film have you done adverts content you know uh, stuff games. for brands etc um computer games and then um some of my i haven't composed for adverts but some stuff's been synced from i've, I've composed for sync libraries ah okay and how do you go about getting that picked up um yeah well, i am um, on audio sparks and so you have to do like a little audio, you know send your music and if they like you they accept you as a composer and then they kind of um hand it out to clients yeah, so i have a publishers as well which is um centric on my publishers so you've got you've basically got representation people sort of putting stuff out there for you as well yeah i don't find that as interesting though um all the syncing, composing for syncing and things, it's a bit clinical because you're not collaborating. It's very lonely. <laughs> you just write music. They, you know, they, they offer it out and someone may pick it up. It seems, I don't, it seems a bit, I prefer the idea, you know, talking to directors, um, finding out about this project, getting excited about it. That's, that's much more of a creative process for me rather than writing some piece that you'll probably you're trying to hit as many brackets as possible so more people want it. It just seems a bit, I don't know, unartistic. You're kind of prospecting for work by putting stuff out there and sort of reeling people in on a track. Yeah. You've got to second guess what people might be looking for and it kind of sucks the fun out of it because you're being very methodical and strategic about it. Yeah. If you do a film, then you can be really daring. If, you, um, if you're working with the client and you know what they want, you can be very daring and give them exactly what they want. Whereas when you're doing library work, you're trying to do something quite safe that lots of people will probably want. Personally, from my perspective, I've always pushed a client to have something composed and made bespoke to fit and not go down the sink route, to be fair. To just off the peg to me just doesn't really work i would always say i think maybe we should go bespoke with this and have something com- composed and then you own you own that sound that's that's something that's that's you know everything about this advert we've worked to try and make it as unique and as special as possible why throw something off you know like a, a library track over the top of there's it there's no heart in a library track i don't think 
They do. I mean, they're, they're good for certain things. And I actually often, I worked on a rom-com a while back and I did think some, some of the music perhaps they should have synced it instead because it was so diverse. I think sometimes rom-coms can mm. do well with library music um, because it's not quite as heartfelt a rom-com. It's more light-hearted and a lot of it is what I call musical fluff where you're just kind of filling in. But my, my friend, um, Darren Cullen, she's a cellist and composer. She did, um, there's a Sky advert that's on everywhere at the moment. And it's, um, hey, um, what's the song? Hey, you wait a minute, Mr. Postman, that song. Yeah. Yeah, she's done a string arrangement of that. And it's really, really good. Every time I hear it, I think of her. See, that's cool. That's That's really good because it's unique. But at the same time, everyone knows that track. Um, and people identify the track straight away, and that's really clever. Yeah, I like the idea. Yeah, next time you see Sky advert, you, you if you it's on, they're on all the time at the moment. That's Darren Cullen, a wonderful composer, and another female composer. <laughs> so, what have you got coming up? What's the um, what's on, what's on the horizon? Quite a lot, actually. Um, I go through um, periods of panicking about work, and so then I contact everyone, and then I get too much work. It's a continuous cycle in my life. <laughs> so I've been signed up for a film that's starring Billy Ray Cyrus, and that's called 2327. I can tell because it's based on a book, actually, so I can tell the whole storyline on this. It's about... a pop star who become, well, becomes very, very famous and then she um, goes to a motel and live streams her own suicide. Wow. Yeah, so that that's going to be a <laughs> fun one. <laughs> I think that'll be quite dark and tragic. I like working on the tragic stuff. It seems to me... <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> it puts me in a happy mood. I get all my angst out in this music studio then i pop off to the gym and have a lovely laugh with people you've been quite lucky to get something well one that fits your sensibilities that you quite you lean towards a sort of darker side of things uh, sonically but you've you've been given an opportunity to to explore that which is great yeah it's really quite diverse and it's um I do like, I've told you about this before, but I'll say so. I like um, an app called Daisy. Um, it was created by Maisie Williams and her friend. I think it's called Dominic. That's why it's Daisy, Maisie and Dom. Um, she created okay. this at the end of filming Game of Thrones um, because they were saying, they met on the set of Game of Thrones and they were saying how lucky they are to be in this network of such great creatives. So they started this app. It's for film, music, everything. And you can, a lot of it is a lot of chatting with other creatives. It's a lot of putting ideas out, but there's quite a lot of daring ideas and people getting together and getting some wonderful funding and things. There are also, I mean, it, anyone can join this app. So there's, there's no screening process. So you, you have to do your own screening of what projects you want, but is it's a really lovely hub of creative people and i've come across quite a few projects and things on there that's great and that's for pretty much anyone who works in production yeah it's i'm just gonna get this up so i can tell you actually it's um it's film music theater gaming they even have people like uh asa butterworth gives talks and things on there because he's friends with Maisie williams and so it's quite a yeah it's a really very modern creative space and i'd recommend it to anyone really 
other job platforms are available, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Not an endorsement. Well, it is an endorsement. You know, well, it, people need to know these things. Yeah, it's, it's not actually a business or anything. It's she created this app just as a sort of open space. So I wouldn't say I'm endorsing that anyone's benefiting from me saying that. And it's not just a job platform either. It's more, I'd say, um, an online meeting place. It's like having a neighborhood cafe for arts and creative people, but it's online. That's a nice way to describe it. I like that. It's got a good social aspect behind it as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, um, yeah, not just a, I've got this job, I'm going to pay that much. It's very much a place where people can come up with ideas, like they've come up with ideas for a script and then other more experienced script writers will get on board with them if they like their idea. Then you'll see people then trying to look for funding and other people coming up with ways of how to get funding. It's probably like Facebook, but with, less of the clutter and more just to do with creativity less opinions yes. more creativity yeah i don't see any opinions <laughs> on there there's there's none of that and there's no sharing of memes or anything it's 100 percent about creative projects there doesn't seem to be any arguments on there but it is a new it is a new app so give it time everything's not yeah, yeah people will ruin it sooner <laughs> or later <laughs> well i mean I mean, despite the fact that, you know, we've got this pandemic around the world and people are having to work from home, it sounds like that's perfect for you because that's pretty much what you do. You you work at home and you're quite happy with that and you then just go to the gym when you need to. <laughs> yeah, well, I this coronavirus does not survive by 56 degrees centigrade, so the sauna is the best place for me at the moment. <laughs> it is, I mean, it is a to me a bit um because i do perform as well um i do a lot of these days i do a lot of um corporate performing and that's all died out and i have a public performance in april that most likely won't be going ahead now so i have been affected that way but i'm still i'm not actually isolating myself too much i'm just being sensible and not coughing on people's faces and washing my hands a lot on that note, I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. Everyone, be safe. Fantastic! Thank you so much for talking to me. You're the first female on the podcast as well. Oh wow! <laughs> I was getting a little bit of uh, flack. Oh really? Because um, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, because it's like oh, it just seems that everyone you're talking to is a, a guy, which I was aware of. <laughs> I'm your token female. <laughs> no, I'm just saying you're you. Just as a fact, you are the first female on the uh, the podcast hopefully the first of many yes keep in touch and i look let me know when this is out so i can listen <laughs> of course of course of course i'll um yeah i'll update you and let you know when it's going okay then bye all right take care bye 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 hannah woolmer uh, an amazing talent and uh, great to chat to um if you've um not heard any of the other episodes we've already spoken to an actor a photographer dp and an editor uh, if you've got any suggestions of anyone else that you'd like us to talk to please do let us know um you know there's there's a lot more people we can chat to makeup artists uh, producers other directors uh, so yeah please let us know and we'll kind of try and sort something out um so yeah i'm just signing out um just everyone be safe during uh, the coronavirus scare and uh, yeah just um, make sure you wash your hands and self-isolate when you can okay take care bye bye beyond film podcast